Thank you and good afternoon. This is the San Francisco Arts Commission Community Investments Committee. Today is Tuesday, August 11th, 2020. It's 1.07 in the afternoon and this is a remote meeting via video and conference teleconference recording. I'm Commissioner Charles Collins and I'm bringing this meeting to an order. May I begin with the calling of the roll? Yes. So, Chair Charles Collins? Present. Um, Commissioner Ordovina? Present. Commissioner Shiota? Present. Commissioner Shelby? Present. Commissioner Parker Pennington? Present. Commissioner Ferris? Present. And Commissioner Lusley? Okay, that's roll call. Thank you very okay. much, Ms. Moreno. Um, beginning the meeting, this meeting is being held by teleconference pursuant to the governor's executive order not in 2920 and the fifth supplement to the mayor's proclamation declaring the existence of a local emergency. During the corona disease COVID-19 emergency, the Arts Commission's regular meeting room, City Hall Room 416, is closed. Meetings of the Arts Commission will convene remotely. Today, the Arts Commission meeting is being streamed using WebEx, the WebEx platform and will allow for remote public comment. While this technology allows us to hold these meetings remotely, it may not be as seamless as we would prefer. There will be gaps and delays as staff transition the technology between speakers. Please know that we are doing the best we can and we will ask for your patience as we all learn this new way of working together. Before we start, I'd like to remind us all about the policies and procedures for virtual public meetings. At this meeting, we are bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Governance, Good Government Guide. At every public meeting, there is a place for general public comment where members of the public may make comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to items under the purview of the San Francisco Arts Commission. For every item on the agenda, there is also a space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment on topic. Last, a few virtual meeting housekeeping items. Commissioners and staff, if you have not already done so, Please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When you speak, you will have to unmute yourselves. Commissioners, please raise your hand and be recognized to speak or ask a question if it is not already clear to me that you are the speaker. Also, please introduce yourself when you speak so callers on the phone will know who is speaking. I will now turn the program over to program associate Lorena Moreno for public 
comment instructions. Ms. Moreno? Todd, can you mute um, the timer, please? Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Um, so the commission has strongly encouraged interested parties to submit their com comments in writing prior to the meeting to SFAC grants at sfgov.org. For members of the public who wish to make public comment on agenda on items on the agenda, excuse me, the number to call for public comment is 408-418-9388. The access code is 146-366-9724. You'll be prompted to press twice um, the pound sign. Your line will be muted, but you will be able to hear the meeting in progress. You may also make public comment using using the WebEx link. Um, when you click the WebEx link, you will then be prompted to enter the following information. The first and last name. Um, these fields are required to be entered. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name field. You'll also be asked for an email address. This field is also required to be entered. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public at public.com in the email field. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all radio and TV phones and computers around you are muted so that there is no echo sound when you speak. Um, at the appropriate time, the chair will ask for you, we'll ask for the public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, please click on the hand icon to raise your hand. This will put you in the public comment queue. For members of the public calling by phone, you will be prompted to press star three. When the public comment period ends, open, excuse me, this will add you to the speaker line. Um, when the system message said your line has been muted, this is your time to speak. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask you to state your name and to make your comments. You are encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. I will start you three minutes when you begin talking using a visual, a visual timer. You'll get a 30 second audible warning. When your time is up, I will say, caller, your time is up. At that point, I will put you back on mute. When, excuse me, you will be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee in the meeting unless you disconnect. You will hear your line has been muted. Participants who wish to, wish to speak on other public comment periods can stay on the, uh, can stay on the meeting line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting will be emailed a brief, excuse me, um, can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it's 150 words or less, at sfacgrants at sfgov.org. As a reminder, the summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or it's not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comments. Public comment instructions will also be shared on the screen as you see here. As Chair Collins noted earlier, there will be gaps and delays during the meeting. We will be including a 15 second delay once public comment is called to give members of the public time to raise their hand. Chair Collins, please begin the meeting when you're ready. I'd like to call uh, agenda item number two, 
I'd like to call for general public comment. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue, and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Right. Number item number two, general public comment. The discussion. This item allows members of the public to comment generally on matters within the commission's purview, as well as to suggest new agenda items for the commission's consideration. I would now like to call for general public comment. Is there any public comment? Uh, do you see any public comments? Oh, I thought. Yeah, sorry, I was, I was talking to you. Uh, no, I don't see any. Okay, Seeing can that. you mute my camera? Yep. Cool. I think the echoing stopped. Did it stop? Okay. Great. So there's no public comment. Um, if you already are listening to this meeting via the web link, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, press by three to be put in the queue. Please press only once, since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions on the screen. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item two. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking, and you will see a visual timer if you are listening in via WebEx. You will also get a 30-second audible warning. You will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can supply a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it is 150 words or less, to sfacgrants at sfgov.org. However, the summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or if it's not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. So I'm still not. I don't believe there's any hands up still. Tom, can you confirm that there's still no hands that are raised? I'm seeing that. Okay. So there is no public comment. And public comment is now closed. Thank you. I'd now like to call agenda item number three, the staff report. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand and be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number three, the staff report. The discussion around current developments and announcements. I would now like to introduce Deputy Director of Programs, Joanne Lee. Thank you, Commissioner Collins, and good afternoon, Commissioners. Um, so in these unprecedented times, the community investment staff are working very hard to be responsive to the needs of our artists and community arts organizations. You will hear today the various strategies and programs that we have underway. Jaron Bonillo, Senior Program Officer, will be talking about how we are supporting our grantees during this pandemic. And you'll also hear from Tina Wiley, Program Officer, who will be sharing our arts education and creative exploration program. We have a very full agenda today with the seven cultural centers um, presenting their plans for the year. So before I turn it over to Jaren, 
Um, let me give you a quick update on our capital budget. This was um, information that was requested by Commissioner Walker at a prior um, full commission meeting. So due to the large budget deficit that the city is facing, um, the recommendation from the Capital Planning Committee is an allocation of $148,750 for the maintenance for our cultural centers for the year. This is the same amount that we have been receiving in the past to cover the ongoing maintenance for the cultural centers. Um, we try, you know, when we submitted our request earlier in the year, it was before um, COVID-19 hit us. And so we had requested seven and a half million for seismic retrofit for AAACC and another 7.8 million for SOMA Arts, also for seismic retrofit and renovation. And um, 1.3 million for MCCLA for funding for their HVAC system. So while we were very disappointed to not receive a larger budget allocation, I think given um, the, the fiscal constraints faced by the city, you know, we understand that position, the position that we're in. The good news I have to share with you about our capital projects is that we are proceeding with the elevator replacement project at MCCLA. It includes the replacement of two elevators there, a passenger and a freight elevator, some, and some ADA improvements. So that project is in contract with the general contractor and I um, believe will be starting soon. So with that, um, I'd like to um, turn it over to Jaron Vanilla, who can give an overview of our work with our grantees. Thank you so much, Joanne. Good afternoon, commissioners, SAC staff, and members of the public. I'm Jaren Danilo, Senior Program Officer with the Community Investment Team. I'm so pleased to report the activities the team has been focusing on the last several months. Currently, we're closing out fiscal year 19 grants for projects that are ending on June 30th, 2019. In May, we were able to convert many of them to general operating support to allow flexible funding and shift in programming activities to an online virtual space and otherwise. And currently, staff are reviewing final reports and processing payments. And I wanted to share two key um, report notes that were shared recently. And this really demonstrates the joys and the sorrows of how artists have responded during this. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, all SFUSD and affiliated programs had to transition to distance learning. Our youth and families first had to adjust their daily lives to the pandemic protocols, employment and housing challenges, before even being able to determine if this access to technology needed to adapt to school and day programming, in addition to after-school programming. It was a difficult year, and SFAC's decision to convert the grant into operational funds were instrumental to keeping our staff afloat to serve our families. The second one is from an individual artist who says there were many positive changes that happened as a result of this project. The quilt workshops encouraged social interaction and connection, 
The video interviews allowed African-American seniors to share their narratives and history with future generations. Towards the end of the project, I realized how important it was to many of the families that participated. Several seniors whose portraits were included on the quilt passed away due to COVID-19 virus. Some of the painted portraits had a dual purpose. Family asked to remove the copy of the portrait of their deceased loved one's obituary. I was honored to have my art serve the family in that way. These are just a few of the touching stories and narratives that we continue to read. Um, as mentioned at the full commission meeting, fiscal year 20 grants um, are entering into contract currently. We're routing through DocuSign. Over $4.6 million is going out to 150 grantees for activities starting July 1, 2020. We continue to identify responsive and flexible ways that grantees can continue on their programming this time. And we've really seen innovative ways that grantees are accessing their virtual platform. I'm pleased to share that our 21 fiscal grant priorities are really focused on the response and recovery to this time. And with an eye on focusing on streamlining the process and increasing access. We have an anticipated release of our guidelines in October and in uh, November and December uh, deadline. The team, particularly uh, program officer Debbie Ng, is working on developing a multi-year core support for organizations. This will include uh, convening and interviews with various stakeholders to really understand how we can deeply invest in organizations' needs at this time. For individual artists, we're looking at broadening investments to artists by encouraging self-identified and artistic practices, including multidisciplinary, traditional practices, folk arts, name a few. Third, we're looking at a rapid response fund uh, developed by Program Officer Robin Takayama, and this would provide funding closer to when grants proposed. Um, as you may know, we often have a six to eight month leadway before a proposal and a potential award is received. And this would allow a quarterly application process for grants under $10,000. And this would allow us to be responsive to community needs, um, where art is the vehicle for positive social change, and that solutions enacted by those closest to the need would be identified and supported. I'm very excited for um, uh, Tina Wiley uh, to share our arts education priorities. As a reminder, Tina previously served as a program officer on the community investments team. And prior to joining the San Francisco Arts Commission, she held the position of team programs manager at the Fine Arts Museums of San Francisco. She is a Bay Area native by way of Oakland, California and has 10 plus years of experience as an educator, nonprofit administrator, working with K through 12 students and adults in the arts, health, and social justice. In 2012, Tina graduated from UC Santa Cruz with two days in psychology and a history of visual art and culture, and recently completed her certificate in visual media design at the City College of San Francisco. Please join me in 
celebrating Tina's one year anniversary on the team and welcoming her presentation on her work to do. Thank you so much for that warm welcome, Jaren. Um, good afternoon, commissioners, FAC staff, and the public. Um, I don't know if I could follow up on that lovely introduction, but uh, again, I'd like to reintroduce myself as Tina Wiley, Program Officer for Arts Education. Um, over the past year, my research has led to the development of the Sankofa Initiative Regranting Program. Next slide, please. So the Sankofa Initiative is a regranting program um, funded by the Arts Impact Endowment to support the healing and creativity of communities of color most affected by COVID-19. Um, we are prioritizing creative exploration through cultural preservation, professional development, and access to technology and art supplies for those most in need during and after this global health emergency. Next slide, please. Uh, so during the development of this initiative, um, I received a lot of questions about what is Sankofa, what does it stand for, and um, Sankofa is a West African proverb by way of the Ghana region. Um, that means it's not wrong to go back for which you have for what you uh, for which you have forgotten pardon. Um, and it's symbolized by the bird putting an egg on its back, symbolizing a connection between your past, your ancestors, and your, the present now, and passing those traditions and practices on to the next generation, the egg. And so um, over the past year, uh, I have conducted research with our arts uh, education consultant, Amani Sims, uh, Jaren Bonillo, and myself. Um, we uh, went out into the community, talked to administrators, teaching artists, organizations, elders, and everyone in between to get an idea of what is the arts education landscape here in San Francisco. And we conducted a survey um, for an arts education survey with 110 responses, half of them coming from individual teaching artists and the other half coming from arts organizations. And our data confirmed that the majority of teaching artists living in San Francisco self-identify as white women working primarily with students of color ages 5 to 24 years old. With that understanding um, and knowing that representation matters, especially when it comes to youth picturing themselves in future careers, this finding provided a new sense of urgency for prioritizing funds to BIPOC, which is Black, Indigenous, People of Color-led um, organizations and teaching artists. Um, then, uh, can we go to the next slide, please? Thank you. Um, and my research continued as soon as the COVID-19 uh, global health uh, crisis started a mere few months ago. Um, the health crisis exposed more inequities in arts education. And to really get an understanding of what was going on here, um, I participated in multiple biweekly meetings with the Arts Education Alliance of the Bay Area, attended a youth leadership summit, um, participated in a variety of webinars, and throughout all of those spaces, it became evident that recovery funds are crucial to bridge the technological divide provide access to the quality art supplies, sustain local BIPOC community-led organizations, 
um, to support out-of-school programs and preserve and uplift cultural practices in the BIPOC communities partially affected by gentrification and this new economic and health impact of COVID-19. Um, and so, therefore, um, these um, outcomes came to light. So, first, we wanted to have a regranting program to allow for quicker disbursement of funds uh, to BIPOC communities, providing autonomy and self-determination. Um, second, to have intermediaries, aka uh, regranting entities, receive 20% of the total grant to fund administrative support and to make sure that these organizations are able are able to sustain over this time of the pandemic. Um, and then also to touch on cultural preservation, access to technology and art supplies, and professional and wellness development. Um, next slide, please. So um, those three areas I just read out um, are um, is a part of our strategy. And so we have three funding areas with the Sankofa initiatives. Um, all ranging between $225,000 uh, $225, to, to up to uh, $250,000. And um, those three areas are cultural preservation, um, supporting and administering funds to support practices and traditions from cultural bearers, community historians, elders, and artists living in San Francisco. The second is access to technology and supplies um, for um, education, youth development, um, and technology and media nonprofits administering funds so youth and, or, youth and artists can have tablets, 3D printers, laptops, software, um, all the things they need to have um, high quality art experience and expand their depth and breadth. And lastly, professional development um, for a youth development um, workforce development or social service nonprofit. Uh, this will provide opportunities for youth and community me members to attend webinars, workshops, training, and develop skills in remote work and healing and wellness. So, you know, we can make sure that these communities, our communities, aren't just surviving the pandemic, but also thriving. And so far, um, you know, Jerry and I have, you know, shared these outcomes and the funding priorities with a lot of our colleagues, which, you know, are funders, administrative teaching artists, um, and those in between. And so far, it's been well received um, due to the intention and desired results of this initiative. Um, our timeline is as follows. We want to have the guidelines released uh, this fall in September and October. The application open uh, so between uh, October and November, an internal review in November, with approval by the commission in December and the grant window to be 18 months starting in January 2021 and ending in June 2022. Thank you so much. Great, thank you, Tina and Jaren. I am um, really excited and very proud of the community investment staff for their creativity and looking ahead and how to support our teaching artists, artists and arts organizations as well as all of the grant making that has been going on. Um, a real shout out to the whole community investments team. Um, I'll just say that converting our grants last year, the ones um, that were underway when the pandemic struck us in the spring, 
converting those to general operating support was no small administrative feat. So they were done and organizations could use those funds to pay their operating expenses, to pay their artists, pay their staff, um, and we were able to get those funds out when I think organizations and artists needed them most. Um, that concludes the staff report. Thank you very much. I, I really want to express my appreciation to uh, Joanne Lee, to Jaron Bonillo, and to uh, Tina Wiley for such a well-crafted uh, statement of the importance of this initiative and strategy. I would like to know if there is any public comment on item number three, which is the staff report. Mr. Collins, did you want to do any discussions or comments from the commissioners? Well, I would certainly like to first start with any discussions or comments by the commissioners. And may I, uh, would you do so by raising your hand or raising your voice? Thank you. So I see Commissioner Shiota's hand is up. Yes, hi, um, Janine Shiota here. Um, thank you so much for that presentation and um, to the whole community investments team for their big pivot because um, uh, it is a lot of paperwork. I know the amount of paperwork you guys had to go through just to get the grants originally um, as intended and then to swap them over so quickly is, um, is a phenomenal feat. Um, in terms of the Sankofa initiative and the monies, um, so is that also a pivot of money already earmarked for one um, for some of the perhaps um, brick and mortar um, improvements and it's going to go into this direction or I wasn't quite sure the source of funding. Thank you. Sure, thank you, Commissioner Shiota. Um, we actually didn't save the source of funding. <laughs> the, um, these funds come out of the Arts Impact Endowment and they are the fiscal year 20 um, funds um, from, that, from that initiative that is targeted for arts education. Thank you so much. Thank you, Commissioner Shioda. Is there any further commission discussion on the uh, report? Yes, yeah, so Commissioner Ordeliano's hand was up, but I guess stepped down by accident. So, Commissioner Ordeliano? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I also just want to thank the staff um, and Tina, thank you so much for your leadership. This is a really exciting strategy. Um, and, you know, obviously, I think we have to. Um, do everything possible to support uh, folks that are being most impacted by COVID-19 um, and everything that is unraveling around it. Um, and so really appreciate that this speaks to supporting uh, Black, Indigenous, and people of color um, and, um, and, and really a, a huge opportunity here. So one question that I had is um, maybe for you or for Joanne or Jaren, how does this align with uh, the work that the Department of Children, Youth, and Families is doing? Um, and I would just love to hear, um, uh, you know, any 
any work that's either being done in alignment with them or um, just I'm curious because I, I think they're they're doing um, a number of different initiatives and would love to just understand how we might be either in sync or out of sync um, uh, with their strategies as well. Sure, thank you, Commissioner. Um, I can start in, if Jared and Tina have more to add, they probably know more. But um, we right now are in conversation with CCYF about the community learning hubs that was got a lot of press um, a few weeks ago and talking to them about how we might support that initiative in the arts curriculum within their, their full day program. Um, there's a lot to be worked out. They're working really hard on it, and it is something that is, um, again, that we're looking at and could be funded under the fiscal year 21 Arts Impact Endowment Fund, which is on the um, on the agenda today. And so that we are keeping an eye on that in conversation with them. We continue to work with them on the Writers' Core program. Um, in, in collaboration with DCYF and the public library. So that's the other program that is kind of jointly funded and right now administered by the Arts Commission. Uh, Jerry or Tina, do you have anything else to add? Uh, Jared, um, excuse me, not Jaren, uh, Joanne, I believe you covered it all. Thank you. Great, thank you so much. Is there any, are there any other questions coming from the commission? I am not I seeing see, any. Oh, I, I see, see Deborah Walker's Walker. hand. Mm -hmm. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, Deborah Walker, commissioner, I'm not on this committee, but I have a question. So, so this is, this looks to be, um, can we assume that there's like a 20% um, fee for administration and then the rest goes towards grants to carry out? Is that the concept of this budget here? I'm just trying to see what this covers. Yes, that's correct. It's 20% for the intermediaries to cover their administrative costs. Perfect. And the rest of the funds are granted directly. I really, I like this. It's also just FYI, consistent with the um, discussions at the, the task force of making sure that there's um, coordination towards our mission within our arts commission. Um, just, I think there's a lot of moving parts and it would be great to, you know, point everything through this lens. And so I think it's great. Thank you for the work on this. Thank you, Commissioner Walker. Are there any further questions or concerns or comments from members of the commission? Yes, I have Commissioner Shelby's hand is up. Yes, um, I didn't, I don't have anything to add. I just wanted to throw my, my voice in to um, expressing uh, how much I appreciate this initiative and uh, the breadth of it and what it is, uh, envisions and covering and and all of that and just the work uh, that has been put in to service and to look out for um, our communities that have been hit the hardest by COVID. Um, and I'm glad the Arts Commission, um, those that work with the Arts Commission have stepped forward to do this because it, it speaks highly of um, 
like I just heard from uh, from um, from Deborah, you know, part of our initiative here. So I just wanted to throw my voice in there, saying thank you for the work, thank you for the vision, and um, and I didn't have anything else to add or any questions. Thank you very much, Commissioner Shelby. Are there any other hands to be raised by members of the commission? I'm not seeing any more hands. And thank you for lowering your hands, commissioners. I appreciate that. Now may I ask for any public comment on item number three, the staff report. Okay, so I will go ahead and read the instructions again. Um, I, we didn't receive any public comments via email. Um, so if you're already if you're already listening to this meeting via web link, please raise your hand. If you're calling um, by phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once. Um, please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item three. As a reminder, your time will start. Um, your time will start when you begin speaking and you will see a visual timer if you're listening via WebEx. You will get a 30-second audible warning. You will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. If an individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting, oh, excuse me, any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to SFAC grants at sfgov.org. However, the summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Ron, do you see any um, hands raised? I will be setting a 15-second timer to give those who are listening some time um, to call in. Uh, seeing none. Thank you, Tom. That's 15 seconds, so there is no public comment for item three. Thank you very much, Ms. Moreno. Are we ready now to move to item number four? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to call for item number four, uh, FY21. Arts Impact Endowment. Um, if you, uh, am I, no, no. Yes, um, it, this is a preemptory raise of hand, right? This is telling people in advance that you'll be, you'll get to comment a little bit later. But if you're gonna wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand and be added to the queue and you will be called upon at the appropriate time. We'll also give the audience another reminder later on, but if you want to get uh, in the queue, this would be a good time. Item number four, FY21 Arts Impact Endowment. The action, discussion and possible motion to approve up to $2 million of FY21 Arts Impact Endowment funds in accordance with the priorities outlined in the Community Services Allocation Plan to support recommendations from the Mayor's Economic Recovery Task Force for artists and nonprofit arts organizations. I would now like to call on Deputy Director of Programs, Joanne Lee, 
to present item number four. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Collins. Um, over the past couple months, I've been working as a staff support member to the Mayor's Economic Recovery Task Force. Um, Commissioner Walker is also a member of the task force. And um, together we have been um, working on the arts, culture, hospitality, and entertainment um, policy group. Uh, next slide, please. So, next slide, please. Marina? Thank you. So, the, um, there are four different policy groups um, that comprise the task force, and they focus on jobs and business, vulnerable populations, economic development, and then the um, arts, culture, hospitality, and entertainment that we call ACHE. The, um, the ACHE work group had 20 members, and it was and it is continued to be chaired by Supervisor Mandelman and Rodney Fong from the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce. There is staff from OEWD, the Entertainment Commission, uh, Department of Public Works, and myself from the Arts Commission. This um, presentation is an excerpt from a bigger presentation that was presented to the full task force last week. So I pulled out um, parts of it that are pertaining to the arts um, and culture sector. Next slide, please. So our policy group for um, arts, culture, hospitality, and entertainment looked at three key questions. How do we preserve and strengthen San Francisco's identity as a hub of world-class and community arts and culture for the long term? How do we ensure that the artists and cultural diversity embedded in our communities are sustained and uplifted throughout our recovery? And thirdly, how can arts and culture be conveners and leaders in our recovery? Next slide, please. So with the work of the policy group, we came up with um, five major um, policy recommendations. And we recently brought those to a survey of the sector and over just a few days, less than a week, we received 440 responses and 75% of those responses supported these policy themes and strategies. So the first policy theme is to support the arts, culture, hospitality, and entertainment sector as they navigate the restrictions on reopening. So some of those strategies are around the communication and reopening requirements and having, making those as accessible as possible in multiple languages. Um, we hear a lot about financial relief and technical assistance, in particular rent relief and access to capital for, um, for space improvements, to bridge the digital divide, and to speed up the approval process so that businesses can be flexible um, with, with their services. And then really acknowledging that much of the arts and culture sector are really hybrids in their business model and needing some flexibility for that. The second policy area is to expand access to activation of indoor and outdoor spaces so that the arts, culture, hospitality, and entertainment sectors can survive. As you know, our sector 
was the first to close down in this pandemic and likely for many of these businesses and nonprofits, they will be the last ones to reopen. So during this time, we really need to be able to um, expand um, areas for, for artists to perform and to show exhibitions and be part of the recovery process. This um, includes make, ensuring that the um, public spaces are clean and are um, and safe, and also to rethink our use permitting to allow for outdoor performances and to support these performances and activities throughout San Francisco, throughout the neighborhoods, um, and ensuring that um, our under-resourced neighborhoods receive the city support. Next slide, please. The third policy area is to use the arts, culture, hospitality, and entertainment sectors to develop and implement neighborhood and citywide plans to rebuild these neighborhoods and to rebuild San Francisco as a tourist destination. This um, is to work collaboratively with some of the tourist industries and um, to support neighborhood and citywide attractions and that the sector can be co-conveners and work with our merchant associations in our commercial corridors to develop neighborhood-specific recovery plans and to include our neighborhood assets in the marketing strategies as San Francisco reopens. The fourth policy recommendation is to facilitate recovery through art-specific job programs um, developed with city, private sector, and philanthropic partnerships. So this is um, this includes putting together a resource um, kind of employment sector where we can connect unemployed workers with job opportunities in such as like public art projects or temporary activation projects, use arts education, um, marketing and unification projects, and really prioritizing Black, Indigenous, and people of color workers. Um, who were probably most impacted um, financially during this pandemic um, to work with our labor and hotel industries to create job development programs and support the expansion of healthcare for workers. Uh, next slide, please. And finally, the fifth um, recommendation is to preserve, connect, and strengthen our existing arts, culture, hospitality, and entertainment assets such as our buildings, our businesses, organizations, and our leaders, um, to identify new revenue sources, um, to protect and stabilize um, our physical assets, including our neighborhood-based venues, the nonprofit spaces that we've worked so hard to secure, artists live workspaces, entertainment venues, and, um, and of course, the jobs to appoint more arts, um, culture, sector representatives to commissions and citizen advisory committees and other decision-making bodies, and to address the real estate sustainability of our um, spaces. Again, this is around space preservation, acquisition, and retention of our spaces, including outdoor and performance spaces, um, and to partner with tech and big business and businesses in preserving and supporting our assets. Um, so this is a very high level set of policy areas that 
um, the arts um, working group came up with. And um, next slide, please. And these kind of overlap with the other three policy groups of jobs and business, um, vulnerable populations, and economic development. So we see a lot of interest in financial relief, um, in subsidized employment, in healthcare, in, in, um, and protecting the health of workers as we safely reopen, and the use of publicly owned spaces and streamlining permits and flexible uses. And um, also ensuring that low-income kids have access to educational programming and bridging, bridging the digital divide. So this is what the task force is working on right now, and the final report will come out in October. But as you all know, you know our sector, our artists, our businesses, and organizations are hurting now. And we want to be very proactive in looking at this next um, bucket, this next funding source, which is the Arts Impact um, Endowment Fund for fiscal year 21, and looking at using those funds to put together RFPs to um, support these recommendations um, with being, um, sorry, sort of keeping and um, being respecting, respecting the priority areas from the Community Services Allocation Plan for arts education, individual artists, space and capital, and the arts, um, the organizational core support. So I think we can put together, you know, use these funds very strategically to support these recommendations um, for the arts sector. So the motion before you, the staff recommendation is to um, is to approve up to two million dollars of the fiscal year 21 arts impact endowment fund um, using flipping priorities um, coming from the mayor's economic recovery task force. Uh, questions? Are there any questions or comments uh, to uh, Ms. Lee's presentation by members of the commission? I would love to hear Commissioner Walker, who's so involved in this, uh, give, thank you, uh, give us um, some insights. Commissioner Walker? Let me be here. <laughs> um, Thank you again so much, Joanne Lee. It, it's um, really been a pleasure working with you and other staff and the community. There's a, a broad community uh, conversation going on. Um, I want to say just as a sort of big picture on this, the, the, the hope and agreement across, across the board, I think from everybody I've talked to participating in this, is that when we recover, we, re we do recover more equitably, that we actually deal with some of the issues that we struggle with ongoingly um, in how we recover. And so I wanna just applaud the Arts Commission staff under your leadership, Joanne and Rebecca, um, to actually come up with a community program 
that was talked about earlier um, that starts to, you know, be able to focus our staff on helping manage our recovery as we go forward. So I just want to speak in support of this motion because I feel like the arts are a catalyst that even though we are listed as a separate sector, everybody agrees that our our effect as a catalyst is really required now in all of these areas. So the recommendations we come up with are in order to help jobs and businesses, vulnerable populations, economic development, and help our community recover, not just our arts community, but our entire community. So um, it's quite, it's wonderful that we are focusing right now on, on trying to help with our education uh, system and how that needs our help in recovering our both our um, personnel and our sort of administrative help. Um, so I'm really excited about this and I feel like this is um, really an important step in being able to focus some staff attention on helping us manage connecting all these dots because you know there's a lot of good things happening and good conversations happening and now we need to really make it happen. So. Um, I'm happy to be here to answer questions too, but Joanne has laid this out really well, and I just want to, you know, applaud everybody for walking along together here. So, um, anyway, I'm here for for answering any questions too. Thank you, Commissioner Walker. Um, Marina, I'm sorry, Ms. Moreno, do you want to uh, take the the lead on calling on the commissioners? Thank yeah, you. so the next one is Commissioner Parker Pennington, and then after that will be Commissioner Shiona. Well, thank you, and I um, I really appreciate, uh, I wish I could have gone before Commissioner Walker, because now she said everything I would have said, but, <laughs> what I, but what I did want to say is I'm really proud of the work that's been done here. I'm happy to see that the Arts Commission is well represented in the um, uh, you know, bringing the, the perspective of the arts into the economic recovery process and looking at it so systemically, because I think these are all the right policy areas to be focused on. I was really happy to see the COFA initiative before that. Uh, so um, I just wanted to say one thing that I really was happy to see mentioned, uh, because sometimes it doesn't. We have a lot of big companies and tech companies based in San Francisco, philanthropic organizations, that have very deep pockets. And I'm glad to see that uh, one of the elements brought in here was to partner more closely with big businesses and um, philanthropic organizations. And I am curious how that gets uh, done, uh, only because I've noticed I work mainly with the corporate sector and I feel that there's, there's different language spoken <laughs> and then accessing the right um, uh, people inside these corporations is, is also very difficult. So I don't know how that's being driven, but uh, you know, I just want to lend a hand there if I can. But I, I also just want to say, I think this is really good work. And I think I could, uh, would, would love to help more, you know, directly in some of these recovery measures. Great, absolutely. Then we have Commissioner Shioda next, and then after that, Commissioner Ferris. Thank you, Janine Shioda here, um, and thank you for all the 
uh, continue to work on this. And I really like the way everything dovetails together because um, workforce development and small businesses and the arts um, ecosystem really they've been separate silos and they're really not um, tourism. Um, the attraction of the city, so um, educational opportunities, I mean, they're all blended together. So I love the holistic approach, um, as Commissioner Parker Pennington mentioned. Um, I really, really, really appreciate the digital divide um, focus as well, because I, I feel like before you could sell shoes or be, you could be in retail, you could be in food, you you were in, again in a silo. And I think one of the things that has been brought forth by the COVID experience is that everybody is digital now. Um, you know, look at, look at our learning curve with being able to convene as a body. So, um, and that goes across all of the all of the recovery efforts, um, I think, that that those kinds of bridges and those kinds of abilities and those kinds of pivots within um, small and mid-sized organizations is going to be really helpful and be able to leverage um, what the dollars and what those, those organizations can do as a collective. Um, in the virtual space. So um, I really support that. Um, it was more of a comment, not a question. So again, thanks for all the work. Commissioner Ferris? Hi, Commissioner Ferris. And I uh, appreciate the comments made by my um, fellow commissioners. And yes, they covered most of what I was uh, going to comment on. Uh, I definitely believe that the arts and culture, uh, culture sector, section of um, sector of San Francisco is going to be part of what brings our uh, tourism back and kind of brings a sense of pride back into uh, our city because it is a lot of what our culture is based on here. Um, I did want to comment uh, as well about the connection to small businesses and medium-sized business art organizations um, and applaud you guys for recognizing our small business community, um, especially those that are engaged in the arts and art education. Uh, I feel sometimes that um, they are overlooked, sometimes um, looking at nonprofits as being the uh, organizations that we mostly support, which I totally agree with, but I think that they work in conjunction with um, nonprofits, our small businesses and nonprofits supporting our art uh, and culture and art education in the city. So. I applaud the effort in um, making sure not just to look at small businesses, but specifically small businesses that support uh, art and education in San Francisco. So, um, yes, uh, good props to the staff for putting this together. And uh, I echo what my former commissioners said as well. Thank you. Are there any other comments from the commission? I right. see more hands raised. Yeah, I'd like to, to add and build on what Commissioner Ferris has just finished. Um, you know, Prop E was a landmark for all of us, and it brought together the arts sector in a way that really unified our community. And it said, essentially, that we are one community. We are one San Francisco. 
it also recognizes the significance of the economy that is associated with the arts, but also the creativity that lives within the artist's ability to see solutions into the future that often others can't see. So this is a very important moment, and I am proud that Commissioner Walker is representing us in this work on a direct basis. I am really proud of the staff work that uh, Joanne Lee and others are really representing, you know, that the entire commission is behind this. And I'm really glad, you know, especially in light of where we were at a, as a commission last week, hearing some significant issues in the public, that we have, a, we have a basis upon which to advance what we mean by equity and fairness and inclusion. I'm a very strong believer in education and our children in the equity gap are in crisis. So there's an awfully wonderful opportunity for us to bring others in, you know, the Arts Alliance and others of our friends in this community, as well as really helping to build a strong philanthropic backbone to everything that we do. So I'm, I'm very pleased that we're having this conversation at this point, because as Commissioner Walker is going to be our campaign site, let's give her all of everything that she needs, uh, because uh, I think with with knowing how strongly she feels about what we're doing, uh, we're going to be able to make great advancements. Are there any other comments from the commission before I ask for any public comments on this item number four? No, okay. I don't see more hands raised. There are no hands raised? Okay, so therefore we're bringing item number four to a motion. And I'm going to repeat it. This, we've had the discussion and possible motion to approve up to $2 million of FY21 Arts Impact Endowment Funds in accordance with the priorities outlined in the Community Services Allocation Plan to support recommendations from the Mayor's Economic Recovery Task Force for artists and nonprofit arts organizations. May I call uh, for a motion, please? Move. Commissioner Chioda. Second. And, and Sorry, who was, and that, who was that, the first that, one? Oh, that was Commissioner Parker Pennington. Thank Sorry. you. Commissioner Parker Pennington has made the motion. Commissioner Shiota has um, seconded the motion. Is there any further discussion before I call the motion? Seeing none, may I call the a roll call, please? Yes. Commissioner Collins? Yes. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to interrupt. Can we ask for public comment? Oh, oh. sorry. Public comment, please. We did ask for public comment. Lorena, can you read the instructions? Yeah, okay. sorry about that. I had yeah. it switched okay. around. Sorry about that, Commissioner Collins. So we didn't have any we didn't receive any public comment via email. So for those who are listening to us um, listening to this meeting via web link, please raise your hand if you're calling by phone. Press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once. Since um, pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item three. As a reminder, your time will, your time will begin speaking. Your time will begin when you start speaking and you will see a visual timer if you're listening via WebEx. You will also lose a 30, you will also get a 30 second audible warning. You will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting 
can email a brief written summary of a comment to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less um, to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. However, the summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit of 150 words or it is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. So I will put 15 seconds on my timer. I'm seeing no public comment. Okay. okay. So now we can do the that. Now we can move forward with the motion. Okay. So uh, do, uh, I'd like to get a rule and order. Is it necessary for me to repeat the motion or can we take the motion as uh, made and seconded and move it forward to a roll call? Melissa? We can move to a roll call vote, please. Thank you very Thank much. You. Okay, so roll call. So Commissioner Collins? Aye. Commissioner Orleana? Commissioner Shiota? Aye. Commissioner Shelby? Commissioner Parker Pennington? Aye. Commissioner Ferris? Aye. And Commissioner Musley? Okay, I think we're good. Wonderful. The motion carries. Okay. Um, I want to make sure that I'm I'm in the right place for all this. Uh, we okay. So now we are going to go to uh, item number five, uh, which we've all been waiting for, and that is the cultural center's overview and presentation. Again, if you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand and be added to the queue, and you will be called upon at the appropriate time. Okay. So now I'm going to move into this presentation. This is the Cultural Center's overview and presentation. This is a discussion. The seven cultural centers will present an overview of programmatic and organizational activities for FY 2021. The explanatory documents include the Indian American Indian Culture Cultural Center, uh, materials for the Asian Pacific Islander Cultural Center, the Queer Cultural Center, the African American Arts and Cultural Complex, the Bayview Opera House, the Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts, and SOMARS. I would now like to call upon Program Officer Robin Takamaya, Takayama uh, to introduce the cultural centers. Robin? Great. Thank you, Commissioner Collins. Good afternoon, Commissioners, staff, and members of the public. It's so good to see everybody. It's been so long. Um, I wanted to just give a, a short overview of the Cultural Center program, um, which comes out of a rich history of advocacy to provide art where people live and work. The program includes four city-owned buildings in the Bayview, Mission, Soma, and Western Edition districts operated by four nonprofits. In addition, there are three virtual centers providing programming to the Asian and Pacific Islander, 
LGBTQ and American Indian communities. The Centers with Buildings have a dollar a year lease and all seven receive general operating support from SFAC's Cultural Center Endowment Fund, which you approved last month. So in the before times, spring would have been a very busy time for the centers. There was a fundraiser expected to raise $40,000, two festivals that were over a month long each, two carnival contingents, and so much more. But during the pandemic and the community response against systemic racism, I really applaud this cohort for the way they have tended to their communities and taken risks. But this is a time of great uncertainty. And what we hope is that with SFAC support, the cultural center's charge is to support artists and other arts organizations through these challenging times, set an example of protecting staff and guests with revised safety protocols, develop inclusive practices so that when many of us can return to in-person events, those that remain homebound can continue to participate, foreground their commitment to QT BIPOC communities and respond to community health needs. In the presentations today, you'll hear the powerful ways they have responded to the moment. So in recognizing that we are all virtual now, we'd like to start the presentations from the virtual centers. So first up to present is April McGill with the American Indian Cultural Center. Hi, April, you're ready to go whenever you're ready. Okay, great. Oh, yeah, we, this is April McGill. I'm the executive director of the American Indian Cultural Center. I want to first and foremost recognize the ancestors of whose land we are all visitors to, the Ramatish Ohlone people. This year of 2020 has been about the survival of our culture for the safety and well-being of our community. So during this time of COVID-19, it has been a really crucial time for the American Indian community to come together during this pandemic. Next slide. Our number one priority is keeping our families and elders safe from COVID-19. We partnered with other Native orgs, such as American Indian Friendship House, Native American Health Center, and Indian Ed to coordinate on various safety plans to help our community with food resources uh, for rent, utilities, and then most importantly, to get tested for COVID during this time. Next slide. Because the American Indian Cultural Center is a virtual center, it was easy for us to shift to a virtual programming. We collaborated with some of our traditional dancers to sponsor the Powa Dance uh, specials on Facebook. We called it Quarantine Dance Specials, Keep the People Dancing. We had over 80,000 views who watch weekly, over 100 dancers each week, um, and the funds from these prize dance specials help families financially who would otherwise be attending powwows during this time of COVID. Next slide. AICC also created a digital native arts and cultural series, which was regalia making classes. This was a four-part virtual series by artist Anastasia Hernandez, all classes were free and open to the public. Next slide. In addition to our arts and cultural series, AICC was able to give out COVID microgrants to American Indian artists and cultural practitioners. We served over 60 recipient artists in microgrants. We distributed a survey to find out what challenges American Indian artists were having during this time of COVID. Next slide. Some of the COVID relief data stats were as follows: 80% of American Indian respondents said they were at risk of getting COVID. 67 of American Indians whose respondents said that COVID is a threat to their employment, and only 3% of American Indians responded that they had been tested by COVID. Most of our artists use these grant funds for food and utilities. Next slide. 
30% of our artists have lost over $1,000 a month due to COVID. 44% stated that they had been laid off and did not qualify for unemployment. And 86% said the canceling of events um, impacted them financially. Next slide. We look at the demographics of American Indian people we served, and we served a high um, amount of ages 51 to 60 and 71 to 80, and that's a high population of elders, and um, our, most of our family sizes were three and more. Please, next slide. During this time of COVID, we also faced a lot of racial discrimination, and American Indian Cultural Center wanted to, to make sure that we stood in solidarity with, in unity with our Black Lives Matter. We put out a statement um, that American Indian Cultural Center supports and stands in solidarity with our brothers and sisters of Black Lives Matter. Next slide. In addition, AICC collaborated with Lafana Music um, Audio Pharmacy to host a Black Native experience, which was a musical journey through the intersections of Black and Native struggles. We had over 4,000 views on a live stream and 81 shares. Next slide. For 2020, AICC sees the need of diversifying our funding, and that's one of our biggest goals this year. We'll continue to seek out um, contributed revenue for COVID-19 to serve the community, donations, local foundations, funding, tap into our tech resources, tribal charity giving programs, and corporate contributions. Next slide. AICC has set up a GoFundMe to fundraise online on our website. We're also selling sweatshirts and t-shirts to promote the cultural center. Next slide. AICC took action during this time of COVID by making sure the American Indian Cultural District was approved through the city and county. This would increase our visibility in places during this time of COVID that we have been left out of conversations within city and county decision-making. Many of our American Indian organizations in San Francisco have face cuts due to funding and budget decisions, but we made sure to honor our Native youth graduates during this hard time by virtual drive-by graduations and we also were able to contribute math to our community. Next slide. We also um, called out to our partners and we got a strong response, especially from our Latinx community who partnered with us around food distribution and helping us getting COVID testing for our community. We'll increase funding for artists to bring forth the concerns of keeping the culture of American Indians native presence here in San Francisco by advocating for a physical space. We've been attending housing meetings within San Francisco Planning Department to address the racial inequalities of housing and bring attention to the need for housing for our native artists. Next slide. Here's our American Indian Cultural Center team and advisory committee. We also brought on a new program coordinator, um, Jenny, um, who will be with us this year. Um, next slide. Please reach out to us to contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Here is our board. We're growing. We're working very hard this year. Next slide. You can also reach us on social media. Um, and I really appreciate this platform to share the work. Please know that this was really difficult to get all this in in five minutes. So I apologize for uh, if I was going fast on some of the slides, but I just really want to thank you for this opportunity and, and supporting American Indian artists. Yawi. Thank you so much, April. Um, and just, just a note, a housekeeping note, we're going to hear from all of the presentations, all of the cultural center directors, and then take discussion and questions at the end of all the presentations. Um, so next up, we're going to hear from Vinay Patel with Asian Pacific Islander Cultural Center. Thank you. Um, 
is uh, here we go. Can we just move to the next slide, please? Thank you. Uh, my name is Vinay Patel, and I'm the executive director of the Asian Pacific, Pacific Island Cultural Center. I'm joined in presentation um, uh, with our program coordinator and office manager, Diana Lee, and our uh, artistic directors on, on with us as, a, as an attendee, uh, Melanie Alvena. Um, <laughs> next slide, please. APIC immediately pivoted our program in response to the two issues that were grappling our nation and community, COVID and Black Lives Matter. A majority of APIC's programming happens in the spring and summer, so COVID uh, threw our organization into a spiral. But instead of slowing down, we forced ahead and were determined to help our artists through this period of uncertainty. We made it a point to pay artists immediately, regardless if they were going to be able to continue their productions or not. And this happened once the severity of the pandemic was known. And ultimately, we're able to pay above the contracted amounts by reshuffling our budget. Over the six weeks after shelter in place was instituted, we conducted multiple surveys and helped all 12 of our spring productions convert to online presentations. For Black Lives Matters, we coordinated an Asian for Black Lives Matter solidarity statement and helped artist John Jang change his project completely to uh, so many tiers, an online Asian Black solidarity concert and discussion. Next slide, please. In our upcoming year, uh, in response to the, need, uh, to the need for recovery, we will continue with our information gathering, putting more capacity towards services to the community, training artists to adapt their work online, and continue advocacy and fundraising support. Next slide, please. Based on our surveys, our programming will focus on trainings, mental health support, and art economic stability, sustainability. Next slide, please. Organizationally, we will be updating our emergency plans in response to the current crisis and have engaged a number of consultants and agents in helping us. Next slide, please. In addition, we'll be updating our internal personnel policies to strengthen uh, to strengthen guidelines such as working from working from home. Uh, next, I want to introduce Diana Lee, uh, who's going to be talking about our communications plan. Next slide. Thank please. you, uh, As the pandemic has become a part of our everyday lives, getting information in and out is critical. Um, so these are some of the ways we've uh, managed to do that. APIC has reworked our communications assets and strategy through these ways. Next slide, please. Um, and we've broken out our plan to expedite the flow of information for different scenarios, prioritizing information that is public health and financial support related and how immediate we need to get communications out. Next slide, please. Um, our next steps also involve uh, a plan to make sure our communications are accessible. Um, we are also investigating new forms of online tools to help keep artists and community together safe and and I'll pass it back to Vinay. Next slide. Finally, we'll be bringing on a new development consultant that will help us with fundraising and help cre uh, artists create individual fundraising plans and goals. Uh, thank you all and we wish you and yours good health and safety. Great, thank you so much, APIC, Diana, and Vinay. Um, next up, we're going to hear from the Queer Cultural Center, both Pam Penniston and Natalia Vigil. 
So Tana is moving them up right now as a presenter. So one second. Good afternoon, commissioners, SFAC staff, and members of the public. I'm Pam Penniston, the outgoing artistic director of the Queer Cultural Center. QCC is a virtual center grounded in our program since we are without a building. But in spite of that and the pandemic, we continue to evolve and move forward into our next iteration. Oops. Sorry about that. There we go. <laughs> Today we'll address QCC past, present, and introduce you to QCC's future. Our mission, our vision, and our values remain centered on our artists especially queer and trans artists of color who are more adversely affected not only by the pandemic, but by systemic racial injustice and violence. In March of this year, due to COVID, we were forced to cancel our flagship program, the National Queer Arts Festival, running between four and six weeks annually. To support our artists, we paid out all of our commissions whether or not the artists had the capacity to produce programs. We were able to stage a few Zoom-based programs, including Akia Stamos, which paired three Puerto Rican artists with three San Francisco artists that happened throughout June. Each week, a pair showcased their work and discussed it with the curator in a captioned and simultaneous Spanish translation. We had finished the majority of our Creating Queer Community workshops with our commissioned artists, and we will reinstate them with next year's cohort. These includes meetings with our production department and consultants to help them shape their performance, as well as learn the basics of fundraising, grant writing, bio and CV writing, publicity, and marketing. We produced our full Queer Conversations on Culture and the Arts program, but our partners were forced to cancel classes so we could not go forward with the spring program. But since the format of performance lecture lends itself to Zoom, we are planning a new set of these humanities programs for fall and next spring. QCC will continue to expand and develop our arts services, fiscal sponsorship and affordable grant writing programs, offering additional financial help for our clients. Our board and staff have been meeting with our consultant from LeaderSpring, who has been guiding us through internal strategic planning and anti-bias training. Natalia Vigil, our new executive director, is an accomplished writer, fundraiser, and arts executive, and has literally just joined QCC staff in these meetings. We are still looking for two positions due to illness. Uh, our communications director has been forced to depart. We have drafted the job description for the operations manor, manager, a vital linchpin for the virtual organization, and we will be posting that shortly. But now I'd like to introduce Natalia Vigil, our new incoming executive director. Hello all, I'm excited to share uh, the future of QCC with you right now and nice to meet you. QCC's fiscal health this coming year is good. 
With only Zoom and personnel instead of full production costs last year, our expenses were relatively low, even if our earned income was nearly non-existent. Our development consultant, Krista Smith, has raised significant program and organizational capital through grants and will work extensively with me in establishing other avenues of income, including individual donations. With a building to maintain, without a building to maintain, we're able to pay stipends to retain our staff who normally work the greatest number of hours from March through June. This fiscal year, we have a series of goals we're shaping that will improve audience access, accounting for likely physical distancing and health concerns while still engaging the community in our growth. Our board goals include increasing our board membership and creating specific profiles for individuals that we'll need to step up to help keep the organization moving forward. In order to engage and communicate with our community, we release newsletters to our nearly 4,000 subscribers once or twice a month. Beginning last month, month, March, after the announcement of COVID, we've been collecting and posting resources for the community in our newsletters, Facebook page, and our newly designed website. One of the most important ways to engage power in difficult times is to forge and maintain strong partnerships. We've not only benefited from the bond among our fellow cultural centers and SFAC, we've expanded our partnerships around the Bay Area and we look forward to so much more. Thank you, here's how to find us. Thank you so much, Natalia and Pam. Come here to commission meetings for breaking news. So now we're going to transition to um, hearing from the organizations with buildings. So I'd like to bring up Melanie and Melora Green from the African-American Art and Culture Complex. Good greetings, everyone. Um, thank you to uh, commissioners, to the San Francisco Arts Commission staff, our fellow cultural center leaders, and the visiting public. Thank you all so much for the opportunity um, to speak with you about what we've been up to. My name is Melanie Green, one of the co-executive directors of the African-American Art and Culture Complex. Greetings, my name is Melora Green, um, also a co-executive director. Um, next slide. We're here to share with you our progress and what we've been able to do over the last couple of months um, while living black and dealing with a pandemic and social justice uprising. You've asked us specific questions. You asked about our recovery efforts and support. Um, and so we'll go to slide number four. We have 35 slides, I wanna say. So that's for your reading enjoyment. Um, but I wanna lift up our values, creative equity, excellence, freedom of expression, fun and innovation, health and wellness. And I'm bringing those up because we will reference them quite a bit. Next slide, please. Um, next slide. As soon as we were sheltered in place, we um, advocated for our funds to be um, used as general operating funds so that we could really be an impact in our community and also for um, the artists that we um, love. Next slide. I want to lift up, as always, our um, biggest strengths are our community. And next slide, we talk about the challenges that we face immediately. So head on, funding, housing, resources, isolation. Next slide, next slide. Um, we, we immediately diversified our funds and thank you to our funders. Um, we were able to, in that pivot, um, create a bucket of $100,000. And we additionally have raised over the last two months 
an additional $115,000 to support um, our arts program. And also we received a $94,000 um, support for the payroll protection plan. Uh, I'd like to lift up, next slide, next slide. We created an Ubuntu resource fund and also an e-bond stability program. One is a professional development program, next slide. And you can move through these slides just slowly, but it will show you the funding that we set aside to support um, and be an impact to artists. And so it's upwards of about $300,000. Um, next slide. We also created an Oculus of Blackness program. You can just keep flowing through. Thank you so much. Um, and we lifted this up because it allows us to be a direct impact and bring technology. Pause here, please. So far, what we've done is supported the Black Trans Lives Matter um, rally, the Juneteenth Festival, the San Francisco Black Film Festival. Also, you'll notice the Black Lives Matter mural in front of our building. Um, and we've also been a safe space for our neighbors. Next slide. So safety um, and emergency also with our staff has been um, just as important as what we um, do with the funding. So um, we had to look at how are we able to develop and refine our current policies. And we were able to transition um, our staff to being mixed. That means some on site, some telecommuting. Um, we were able to upgrade how we're participating with our staff as we are remote. Um, and actually one of the things we're looking at right now is how do we include, include um, some health and wellness um, services along the way as we are continuing to educate ourselves. Um, inside of the emergency planning, we're looking at how we can respond to any airborne um, emergencies that happen. And we're educating ourselves through information we get from the Department of Public Health and we're even looking at Kaiser, um, ULP Dental School, and some others to know how to respond. Keep going. So the, the thing that we are committed to is documenting this process. So you asked about how we're sharing space. We created a project called Closer Six Feet Apart, and it will be a documentary exhibition, book, and app. And we will be documenting and uh, really understanding the direct impacts of COVID and the social justice uprising by engaging 50 black creatives. Next slide. As I said, we're values-based. Next slide, next slide. Here's our program calendar. Um, just looking at where we are, we actually are on task for um, where we will be by December. Next slide. This is how we measure success. You'll be able to look at this. We have direct numbers for what we are committed to, paying artists, providing technical assistance. Next slide. Um, we wouldn't be able to do this without our team. Next slide. <laughs> Thank you to our funders for allowing us to pivot our funds. Um, and we definitely want to add to this list. So if you know people who can help us make an impact for Black creatives, please let us know. Next slide. This is a call and response and a call to action. Next slide. <laughs> And here's how people can support. And I just want to um, close by asking for a moment of silence. Uh, we are the fiscal sponsor for the San Francisco Black Film Festival. And I cannot move forward without saying Kali O'Reilly, Kali O'Reilly, Kali O'Reilly.
please just allow us to have a moment of silence for this black man who was a contribution to our community who passed away this past weekend. Thank you. Thank you for bringing him into the room. So next up, we're going to hear from Barbara Ockle with the Bayview Opera House. Hi, so give me a couple of seconds. We're actually going to be playing a video that Barbara submitted for Baby Opera House. So couple of seconds to switch that mode,
Great. That's one way to make sure you're going to hit your five-minute mark. Um, so next up, we're going to hear from Jenny Rodriguez with Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts. Give me a second, I have to switch screens again. Jenny, are you on? I think you're unmuted now. Tan, can you um? Yeah, up, can you see it? I already moved Jenny up to the panelist and unmuted. Can you try Jenny E in the attendee list? Hello. Hi, Jenny. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, we saw that you were downstairs in the attendees. Okay. Can you see the screen? Okay. I could see it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. I'm I'm ready. Okay. So ours is more of an internal radiography of a non a community nonprofit. You know, during this time. So by Monday, it's already been 20 weeks since the city of San Francisco's shelter-in-place ordinance and of MCCLA's subsequent closure. So um, basically what you see there is life at MCCLA before COVID-19. So uh, by within seven months, we had achieved all those activities and all those, uh, hit all those numbers, which we thought were pretty uh, um, amazing. We also had, uh, have had a successful open house, you know, uh, a wonderful youth exhibit, uh, My Homies, My Heroes, uh, Youth Speaks, you know, um, um, event that was most uh, very well attended and it was very powerful. So next, next. Um, so what was the impact uh, we suffered uh, on March 17th? So basically 40 weekly classes were canceled, you know, um, music bands that were rehearsing at the center, you know, had to move somewhere else. Um, our rentals, um, a couple of big shows that were coming uh, at the end of March had to be canceled. And also the summer program, which is our annual summer camp that has been going for the last 25 years or so, had to be canceled. And of course, we really miss not being at Carnival San Francisco this year, participating as always. Uh, on the administrative and human resources side, um, our staff chose to go uh, file on unemployment and uh, 15 to regular uh, volunteers were gone, uh, six contractors were gone. Uh, so what, what, that was the situation uh, in March. Um, I guess uh, it, that was a, a decision that I think was a benefit for the employees as they were able to be home tending to their personal situation. It was such a shock we were not 
expecting, you know, so basically um, um, we had to uh, deal with that big challenge. So next, please. Okay. So administratively speaking, we were active. I mean, you know, taxes have to be paid, bills have to be paid, checks have to be processed, you know, memberships. So the house needs to continue to run despite, you know, what was happening. So um, the accounting department was working with me. However, my bookkeeper who went to Mexico um, was locked down there in Mexico and could not come back. So we had to get an accountant uh, uh, bookkeeper to work with us, you know, during that moment uh, of emergency. So quickly what we did by May was we started bringing uh, communication staff and programming staff so, and, um, so that we can quickly transition online as best as we could uh, and also to um, to offer a sense of of, uh, of continuity that basically that was our concern because there were we worked with 35 teachers uh, a week so we really had to be there and put that info at MCCLA to work so that we would quickly respond to any inquiries that were coming so the other thing we did we quickly started meeting zoom meeting and um, and we put this concept called Desde la Cueva del Jaguar from the Jaguar's Cave so that we would offer an off-the-cuff mix, you know, diverse kind of programming uh, and bring in the artists as soon as possible. We, uh, instead of doing split fees, we are now paying teachers 100% at this point. And we also manage, I'm sorry? And, can you hear me? You have, that's just a, yes. Danny, that's just a thing. Okay. We have one more minute. Okay, uh, so move, please. M next. So those were, um, uh, just a moment. Can you go back real quick? Okay, just want to see if I need something. Okay, so basically that's the online programming that, that we put together. So we've been working with Case, Calle 24, Paseo Artístico. We held our first board meeting via Zoom next. Um, that's, you know, the programming now for August, as, as you see, now it's, it's been more diverse, it's more plentiful, and well thought out. So now we're moving on. Next. Okay, well, the challenges, we have received a barrage of, you know, uh, um, webinars, uh, surveys, um, more notifications, links leading to links leading to links. So we are putting all this together to make sure that upon reentry we are making all necessary, taking all steps to uh, do the right thing. Next. Okay, well the challenges, we, we foresee a lot, sorry, we foresee loss of income, uh, loss of audience, uh, uh, more people knocking at our doors asking for, you know, for space, etc. So we're, uh, and we also need to uh, do a lot of professional development in terms of technology to bring people up to par Danny? with all these new technologies. Yes. Danny, your time has, has ended. Your okay, so basically that, those are the challenges that we're, pre that we're preparing for, um, for, the, for the new year. That's all I have. Thank you, Jenny. Is that all? Great, thank okay. you, Jenny. Okay. Okay, and our final presentation is going to be from Maria Jensen with Walmart's Cultural Center.
Mayor, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Hey, <laughs> okay. Get that timer going, Lorena. Um, hi, greetings, everyone. Um, thank you, Team SFAC, and it's great to be here with you, commissioners and the cohort. Uh, next two slides, please. Okay, um, recovery and resilience during the crisis, uh, supporting artists and curators. Soma Art's commitment to its community artists and curators hasn't really ceased during shelter in place. We immediately pivoted to virtual platforms, and as we work towards rebuilding our community, we will continue to develop and produce creative programs and projects in the upcoming season. We will be paying our artists the full fees to produce their work, uh, whether it's in the phys physical space or the digital platform. And we will establish best practices for social distancing uh, during exhibition installation. Next slide, please. Personnel policy development and team support. We felt it was very important that we take care of the people who do so much work for the community. Uh, by strengthening our team with care and flexibility, we are providing our staff with work from home or remote options until June 30th, 2021, um, offering flexible sick days, PTO, vacation days, depending on employee needs. We are reviewing all of our employee policies and protocols that are viewed through um, an equity, racial equity lens. And we are working to create a safe and healthy work environment compliant with city and county of San Francisco and state of California guidelines. Next slide, please. Emergency planning. Uh, we're working towards keeping our staff and our community is safe and informed. We have essentially an operations center that is based out of our lobby. Um, every year we review and refresh our uh, emergency plans, our procedures, our policies. We do emergency trainings, workshops, and development for the team. Um, emergency equipment is located throughout the building and this lobby is where we station most of our emergency operations. Next slide, please. And communicating our safety plans, uh, sharing information. So we are, will be implementing building-wide COVID-19 safety protocol signage for staff, tenants, clients, partners, and visitors. We are coordinating with our clients from our event rental program, and we will be providing emergency procedures and training, and we will be using our digital platform for organizational announcements as they relate to the building's uh, closure and or opening. Next slide, please. Future forward, this is where we all want to head. Next slide. This is where we're all going. Um, so we are focusing on key strategies, development and fundraising, our event rental programs, and our creative programs. Next slide. So with development and fundraising, uh, we are focusing on connecting uh, community locally and globally, increasing access, support, and serving needs. The COVID-19 crisis demands a high degree of institutional flexibility where we will work with multiple vectors of fundraising to maintain sufficient levels of operation. So these are just some of the ideas that we will be working on, um, pretty similar to what we generally are doing, but now we're focusing on the virtual um, expression of our fundraising uh, efforts. Next slide. So, um, with the building closure, we canceled our April 11th fundraiser. We regrouped and pivoted and launched a virtual event called Please Stand By. And shortly after we launched this particular event, George Floyd was killed 
which erupted in protests and advocacy across the nation. We wanted to find a meaningful way to respond and to support this effort, so we pivoted our virtual campaign to then support Black Lives Matter. We raised $6,850, and this is just to demonstrate how cultural centers respond to the moment and share resources. Next slide. Our event rental program, we are reimagining virtual indoor and outdoor production. Uh, we will be focusing on virtual events and production services, daytime events, classroom activations, scaled back indoor events and outdoor events. And we just had our meeting with the Entertainment Commission, so we're moving forward with receiving our permit for outdoor events. Next slide. And this is just a slide to show our recent investment in some of our virtual production uh, equipment. Uh, next slide. And for our creative programming, we're reimagining all of the programming this fiscal year. This pandemic, though disruptive and restrictive, is also providing us with opportunities to discover ways to serve the community in innovative ways and to engage new audiences. Next slide. Ta-da! Just want to say thank you so much for your continued support in Soma Arts and all of the cultural centers. Thank you. Thank you. So that um, those are all seven of our cultural centers pre presentations. And you know, just to circle back to what we heard at the beginning of the committee meeting, you know, we are thinking about the economic recovery for San Francisco and. After seeing these presentations, I hope that you recognize that our cultural centers are going to be some of our greatest partners in helping with that recovery. Well, I'd like to thank you, uh, Program Officer Robin Takayama, um, for all of the work that you do uh, over this period of time, seeing the clarity that is living within the voice of our our leaders of our cultural centers to know that they are really at the base of our communities and the significant work that they're doing. We should leave the whole recovery of the economy to the artists because they're the ones with the creativity and invention to put in place the world that we could envision and actually we could live into. So I want to thank every single one of you, you know, for the diligence that you put into your presentations. Uh, it's not only inspiring, it's activating, and it really tells us where we have to go. So I want to express a universal appreciation. I wish that every commissioner had a chance to see the brilliance of your presentations. Um, I'd I now would like to see if there are any other comments from any other members of the commission on this item. I see Commissioner Shiota's hand is up. Hi, I'm on my computer now without earphones. Is, is that audio okay? Yeah? Okay, great. Um, I just want to echo all of that, um, what Commissioner Collins said. Um, I've been to all the community centers. And um, the, in the virtual centers, you're all doing great work. And um, I love the cross-collaboration. I love um, that every single one of you came out for the Black Lives Matter movement in solidarity. I think that if we're gonna transcend this moment in history, um, it's gonna take a coalition of people. 
Um, so I really uh, appreciate all the work that you're doing and the quick pivot to um, to the digital world. Um, in in follow up presentations, I'd love to get this is just a personal um, inquiry of um, statistics in terms of you know where you're reaching people, um, how you're reaching people. Um, numbers, if your digital footprint actually expands your, your, uh, the places where your, your um, people watching you are living, um, if it goes beyond the Bay Area, just out of curiosity, and I don't even know how to find those statistics. I know that that, that is a job in itself, um, but I, that was just a question I had during all the presentations. But thank you so much for your work. Um, it is one of the shining lights. Um, it's a jewel, actually. Um, the community centers are a jewel uh, in the San Francisco landscape. Thanks. Okay, so I see Commissioner Ferris's hand up, and then next would be Commissioner Parker Pennington. Thank you so much. This is Commissioner Ferris. I just wanted to say thank you very much to um, Robin for all the amazing work that you are doing. And thank you to all of our community center uh, directors. And again, for all the amazing work you guys are doing. Uh, your presentations were inspiring to say the least. And I look forward to uh, working with you guys going forward, however I can help and support. Thank you. And um, this is Commissioner Parker Pennington. I also just want to say how impressed I am at how resilient and a strong you all stepped up. And uh, Commissioner Shioda said the word I was going to say, you really pivoted quickly uh, under the circumstances. I appreciate that you embraced and supported your communities. You did outreach to find out where the pain points were, how you could help. Um, you looked after your staff. Um, and did that while you're looking after yourself, which is no small feat. And I really believe this is a moment when your leadership um, in their in your communities really does shine. And I'm very proud of everything that you've done um, and uh, what I've seen today. So I just want to say here, here, and um, you know, let's let's keep you going and support you in whatever ways we can as your commissioners. I'm not seeing any more hands up, Commissioner Collins. We're in this all together and um, know that for sure. We're committed to this work. I'd now like to, seeing no further commission comments or questions, may I now ask if there's any public comment on the presentations of the cultural centers. Okay, so we did not receive any public comments in our emails, but I'm going to set a 15 second timer for those who are on the line. And then I'm gonna read the instructions before I do the timer. So if you're already listening to this meeting via web link, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please only press once, since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item five. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking, and you will see a visual timer if you are listening in via WebEx. 
You'll also get a 30 second audible warning. You will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Any individual who speaks during the public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it is 150 words or less, to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. However, the summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. So I'm going to set the 15 second timer. Awkward silence again. Okay, and we're not seeing any hands raised, so the public comment is now closed. So we can move on to item six now, Commissioner Collins. Commissioner Collins, don't forget to unmute yourself, please. Um, yes, uh, so this is now uh, item number six, new business and announcements. And if you wish to make a public comment on this item, you may raise your hand and be added to the queue and you will be called upon at the appropriate time. Uh, this is new business item number six, uh, new business and announcements. This allows the commissioners to introduce new agenda items for consideration to report on recent arts activities and to make announcements. May I now ask for any of the commissioners to have any discussion on item number six? If so, please raise your hand and you will be acknowledged by program associate Moreno. I see Commissioner Ferris's hand is up. Thank you, Arena. Thank you, Commissioner Collins. Um, I just wanted to bring up what I had uh, talked about at the full commission meeting, um, I think actually a couple of meetings ago now. Uh, the idea of um, trying to work on building something similar to Writers Corps that would support teaching artists uh, in visual arts, dance, and music, um, and potentially spoken word as well to expand uh, Writers Corps somewhat, I guess, as well. Uh, so I'd love to broaden that discussion, uh, bring it to our committee, and see if eventually we can add it to a future agenda as something that maybe we can work on um, uh, manifesting. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Ferris. And I'm not seeing any more hands up from our commissioners. And now may I ask for any public comment? Is there any public comment on Item number six, new business and announcements. So we did not receive any emails for public comment, but I will go ahead and read the instructions in case those online right now are listening. So if you already are listening to this meeting via web link, um, please, web, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item number six. Um, as a reminder, your time will begin. Your time will start when you begin speaking, and you will see a visual timer if you're listening in via WebEx. You will also get a 30-second audible warning. You will be muted once your time is up. 
You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it is 150 words or less, to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. However, the summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit of 150 words or it is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. So I'm going to go ahead and set the timer. Last round of awkward silence. Okay, and we have no hands raised, so the public comment is now closed. So now may I move to um, item number seven, adjournment, but before I do that, may I also thank you again, Program Associate Moreno, and for the able work of Commission Secretary Ventry for choreographing this important meeting and keeping it really, you know, on point and moving forward. Thank you so much. May I now ask for adjournment? This meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Tom, let's go into practice session, please.